Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Jeremiah Patterson Show. His name was Thomas Rosbach. He was born on January 22nd, 1932 to Fred and Elizabeth Rosbach. His father was a municipal lawyer and so later on he graduated college, earning his bachelor's degree and then going to serve in the U.S. Army from 1957 to 1959. After he left the Army, he ran for Congress. He would play a key role later on. He was a congressman for Illinois. On January 27, 1974, the Judiciary Committee voted 27 to 11, with six of the panel's 17 Republicans joining 21 Democrats to send full, the full version of Articles of Impeachment to the full House of Representatives. The articles indicated that the president obstructed just excuse me obstructed the investigation of the Watergate scandal. Thomas Relsback was a Republican and had been conflicted for months. He is one of Nixon's friends. Sam Roberts from the New York Times says in his writing, quote, he was loyal to Nixon. End quote. It's one thing to be loyal, but doing the right thing is essential. Congressman Relsback was also committed to the Constitution. Therefore, he assisted the House Democrats with drafting a second article of impeachment, which charged the president with abusing his authority. Congressman Tom Relsback showed tremendous political courage. But where is political courage today? On January 20th, 2020, Congressman Relsback passed away. It was only last month we have lost so many great people just this year. Thomas Relsback was a big believer in the Constitution and showing political courage. Mark Twain once said, quote, do the right thing. It will gratify some people and astonish the rest, end quote. Well, I was gratified when another Republican showed political courage during the historic vote to either convict or quit President Trump. Senator Mitt Romney showed political courage, just as Congressman Relsback did in 1974. Congressman Thomas Relsback once said, quote, The president appeared to have violated by withholding evidence from Congress, and even more by implicating himself in a cover-up in conversations recorded on White House tapes, which the courts had, or which the courts had ordered the administration to release, end quote. Do you, see, do you see any relevance here? Because it appears to me that history has embarrassingly and unfortunately repeated itself. This is not good because President Trump decided, did, excuse me, did the same exact thing. When he was reluctant, when he was reluctant to hand over evidence to Congress, nevertheless, numerous court orders and subpoenas were ordered to the administration to release evidence. This White House has shown reluctance, defiance, and vicious attacks on Congress and outspoken critics. If you see or if you or anyone else does something that the president doesn't like, he attacks you on Twitter. Senator Mitt Romney voted to convict the president on abuse of power. He stood audaciously as the only member in the party in his party to do so he's receiving relentless attacks and hatred for his up for upholding his oath 
to God and the Constitution. This is not America. What has happened to this country? The First Amendment gives us the right to choose our own religion and the right to free speech. Congressman Railsback's pivotal vote provoked rancorous, rancorous reactions from some of his constituents. The Journal Star of Perora declared Thomas Railsback as a, quote, dead duck, end quote. Despite the vitriolic reactions he received, he received a standing ovation from a local chamber of commerce and was re-elected to four more terms. Congressman Justin Amish tweeted, quote, Thank you, Senator Romney, for upholding your oath to support and defend the Constitution. You will never regret putting your faith in God and doing the right and doing right according to law, according to the law in your conscience. End quote. I want to play for you now the historic the historic speech that Senator Mitt Romney gave on his final decision to convict the President of the United States, Donald John Trump, for abuse of power. President, Senator from Utah. Thank you, Mr. President. The Constitution is at the foundation of our republic's success, and we each strive not to lose sight of our promise to defend it. The Constitution established the vehicle of impeachment that has occupied both houses of our Congress these many days. We have labored to faithfully execute our responsibilities to it. We have arrived at different judgments, but I hope we respect each other's good faith. The allegations made in the Articles of Impeachment are very serious. As a senator juror, I swore an oath before God to exercise impartial justice. I am profoundly religious. My faith is at the heart of who I am. I take an oath before God as enormously consequential. I knew as enormously consequential. I knew from the outset that being tasked with judging the president, the leader of my own party, would be the most difficult decision I have ever faced. I was not wrong. The House managers presented evidence supporting their case, and the White House counsel disputed that case. In addition, the president's team presented three defenses. First, that there could be no impeachment without a statutory crime. Second, that the Biden's con conduct justified the president's actions. And third, that the judgment of the president's actions should be left to the voters. Let me first address those three defenses. The historic meaning of the words high crimes and misdemeanors, the writings of the founders, and my own reasoned judgment convinced me that a president can indeed commit acts against the public trust that are so egregious that while they are not statutory crimes, they would demand removal from office. So the verdict is ours to render under our Constitution. The people will judge us for how well and faithfully we fulfill our duty. The grave question the Constitution tasks senators to answer is whether the president committed an act so extreme and egregious that it rises to the level of a high crime and misdemeanor. Yes, he did. The president asked a foreign government to investigate his political rival. 
the president withheld vital military funds from that government to press it to do so. The president delayed funds for an American ally at war with Russian invaders. The president's purpose was personal and political. Accordingly, the president is guilty of an appalling abuse of public trust. What he did was not perfect. No, it was a flagrant assault on our electoral rights, our national security, and our fundamental values. Corrupting an election to keep oneself in office is perhaps the most abusive and destructive violation of one's oath of office that I can imagine. Quote, corrupting an election to keep oneself in office is perhaps the most abusive and destructive violation of one's oath of office that I can imagine, end quote. President Trump abused his power when he called President Zelensky, and as cited in the House's 300-page report, he asked China to do the same. Here's more of the speech from Senator Mitt Romney. Were I to ignore the evidence that has been presented and disregard what I believe my oath and the Constitution demands of me for the sake of a partisan end, it would, I fear, expose my character to history's rebuke and the censure of my own conscience. I'm aware that there are people in my party and in my state who will strenu strenuously disapprove of my decision, and in some quarters I will be vehemently denounced. I'm sure to hear abuse from the president and his supporters. Does anyone seriously believe that I would consent to these consequences other than from an inescapable conviction that my oath before God demanded it of me? Conscience. I acknowledge that my verdict will not remove the president from office. The results of this Senate court will in fact be appealed to a higher court, the judgment of the American people. Voters will make the final decision, just as the president's lawyers have implored. My vote will likely be in the minority in the Senate. But irrespective of these things, with my vote, I will tell my children and their children that I did my duty to the best of my ability, believing that my country expected it of me. I will only be one name among many, no more, no less, to future generations of Americans who look at the record of this trial. They will note merely that I was among the senators who determined that what the president did was wrong, grievously wrong. We are all footnotes at best in the annals of history, but in the most powerful nation on earth, the nation conceived in liberty and justice, that distinction is enough for any citizen. Thank you, Mr. President. I yield the floor. Once again, that's Senator Mitt Romney, a Republican from Utah. This was the first bipartisan impeachment vote in history. He said that he knew he would be, quote, vehemently denounced, end quote, by his party. He knew the vicious attacks were inevitable, and they have already started. Congressman Thomas Relsback showed political courage when he worked against the president to write the articles of impeachment with the House Democrats. Instead of showing partisanship and rendering relentless loyalty to Nixon, he said no more and upheld his oath to the Constitution. And so did Senator Mitt Romney. So let me say, so let me conclude by saying, 
thank you, meant Romney. Thank you for putting your faith in God. Thank you for upholding your oath to the Constitution. Thank you for showing political courage. And thank you for standing alone, even when no other member of your party voted to convict the president. Thank you. Oh, I wanted to ask you, uh, Liz and I are going to do some work around the house. Do you know any good contractors? I might. Oh, that's great. Can you check their qualifications? Make sure they have great reviews and research the average price for the job. Oh, and book them on Wednesday. Actually, make it Friday. It went in the water. You can't expect your neighbors to do everything HomeAdvisor can. So for a better way to get home projects done right, just ask HomeAdvisor. ABC News says, quote, the death toll from the coronavirus surpassed the number of people who were killed by the 2002-203 SARS outbreak, Chinese health officials said. As of Sunday, 812 people died in China after contracting the virus, according to the World Health Organization. And there are a total of 37,251,000 confirmed cases in the country. As of Sunday morning, 70 people on board of the Diamond Princess tested positive for the virus, including an American in her 20s. My apologies, including an American in her 70s, the Associated Press reported. We'll continue to keep you updated on the coronavirus as more news breaks. Uh, once again, I did this back in, I, yes, last week, where I compared the Spanish flu to the coronavirus and how deadly the Spanish flu was, including 50 million died. Some may even speculate or say 100 million died. But the coronavirus... This disease is starting to become infectious. According to NBC News, 13 cruise ships have recently been affected. And obviously this is not the time of the year to travel, especially since the State Department has released a level, has declared a level four warning, according to the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Alex Azar. So the coronavirus, as we see this currently transpiring and taking place, just note, uh, be safe and I'm going to keep you updated on this as it transpires. The State of the Union also occurred this week. Uh, this designated survivor was Mark Esper. I remember covering the designated survivor, what exactly it is, and comparing it to the TV show and discussing continuity of government. Basically, if anything happened to the Capitol when President Trump was delivering the State of the Union with Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Vice President Mike Pence behind him sitting on the chair, sitting in their chairs, if anything happens, such as an explosion or a pernicious catastrophe, it would be defined as a calamity. And Mark Esper would have become the president of the United States in such uh, pernicious and uh, sort of fast, expeditious time and period in our country. Basically, what the designated survivor is... The United States, during any major speech where all cabinet members and large group of member of Congress is large group large group of member of Congress are there, that includes so for like inaugurations and State of the Unions and other big speeches where a large group of member of Congress is excuse me, large large people from Congress are there. So like lots of people from members lots of people from Congress are delivering are there while the president is speaking simultaneously, and you also have cabinet members and lots of military officials, 
there's one person from the executive branch that has to sit out of the speech, one person from the judicial branch that has to sit out of the speech, and one person from the legislative branch that has to sit out of this that has to sit out from the speech. So Mark Esper was a designated survivor for that night. Now, if the worst did come that night, if the worst did transpire, Mark Esper would have become president of the United States. States. Mark Esper is currently the Secretary of Defense, so I guess you'd say he'd have a little bit experience, uh, unlike the actor who portrayed the President of the United States on Designated Survivor, who was Secretary of House, Housing and Urban Development, so he did not have a lot of experience. I believe the Designated Survivor last year was the Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue, but the, sec the Designated Survivor this year was Mark Esper, the Secretary of Defense. We'll be right back with the quote of the day. Meet the Ninja Foodie Air Fry Oven. Make fast, family-sized meals in the time it takes some ovens to preheat. With Ninja's superheated air, you can air fry for extra crispy, guilt-free, delicious results. And because it's a Ninja Foodie, it can do things that no other oven can. And even flip up and out of the way. The Ninja Foodie Air Fry Oven. The oven that crisps and flips away. President John Quincy Adams said, quote, If your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. End quote. Leaders are great and shouldn't be corrupt. And because of the good and inspiring leaders, they help and make us better people. The second quote is from former First Lady Michelle Obama. I see a room full of business leaders and surgeons and barristers. I see women who are going to win elections and science competitions and arts awards. Do not be afraid to fail. We can do anything. If I worry about who liked me and who thought I was cute when I was your age, I wouldn't be married to the President of the United States. So. Don't let anyone ever tell you that this country isn't great. That somehow we need to make it great again. And just imagine how many of our kids we could help. Imagine how many lives we would transform. Because I know what's inside of girls like you and like me. I know how hard we'll fight for our families, how deeply we care about our communities, how much of a difference we can make for those around us. That's what we're doing here. We're impacting generations. That is the kind of impact we can have. We can lift up ourselves to heights we could never imagine. And like anything, this is not gonna be easy and it will not happen overnight. This is gonna be an ongoing process one that will unfold over generations. Because this right now is the greatest country on earth. That's what I see. When we see you enter through our doors, we don't see who you're against or for. Whether tomorrow will be light or dark, all we see in you is a spark 
We see your spark in each nod, each smile. We see sparks in every aisle. We see you find a hidden gem and buying diapers at 3 a.m. We see your kindness and humanity, the strength of each community. We've seen more sparks than we can say. About 20 million just yesterday. The more we look, the more we find the sparks that make America shine. It's been a very long week. We have the Iowa caucuses and the complications. It was defined as a catastrophe in the New York Times. I want to read that article now. And the New York Times reported, quote, from their article, a system-wide system disaster, how the Iowa caucuses melted down. Unexplained, quote, inconsistencies, end quote, in results, heated conference calls and firm denials of hacking left the contest, left, left the contest in a strange state of almost suspended animation. Quote, it wasn't so much that the new app that the Iowa Democratic Party had planned to use to report its caucuses results didn't work. It was that people were struggling to even log in or download it in the first place. After all, there had never been a specific, any specific app training for his many, this many precinct, precinct chairs. So last Thursday, Mr. Bajinski, the chairman of the Democratic Party in Polk County, Iowa's most populous, decided to scrap the app entirely instructing his precinct chairs to simply call in the caucus results as they had always done. The only problem was when the time came during Monday's caucuses, those precinct chairs could not connect with the party's leader, leaders via phone. Mr. Bajinski instructed his executive director to take pictures of the results with her smartphone and drive over to the Iowa Democratic Party headquarters to deliver them in person. She was turned away without explanation. He said, quote, I don't even know if they know what they don't, what they don't know, Mr. Bajinski said of the state party shortly before 2 a.m. on Tuesday. It was a surreal opening act for the 2020 Democratic, excuse me, for the 2020 campaign that included unexplained inconsistencies, a system-wide disaster. Others call it a calamity. Others call it a political catastrophe. The 2020 Iowa caucuses. <laughs> then the House managers made their final compelling arguments for impeachment. The Senate voted to acquit the president. New reporting on the coronavirus also transpired this week. Uh, the National Prayer Breakfast. The State of the Union. The death of Kirk Douglas, a uh, former actor, and many more things. Please race for next week because on Tuesday, February 11th, I will be covering the New Hampshire primary. Anyway, thanks for listening to this episode of the Jeremiah Patterson Show. Have a great day. Thanks for being with us. And remember to stay positive and inspired.